Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Tonight, uh, I'm excited, but I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you, because this is the end of our series, Let It Start. If you, uh, if you haven't been, let me kind of catch you up for a second, but uh, I mentioned last week, I think it'd be cool to kind of mention every week that we have people that... Literally, there's people in Nashville right now that they might be watching, people's parents, people our age. Like, literally, I get messages all the time of people who watch that camera right over there. And just, it, they think it's awesome of what's, what's going on here. So, uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all for being here. And uh, I just, uh, like I said, this, this is the end of our kind of series. We'll have uh, Pursuit next, uh, next Thursday. We're kind of, I'm still thinking about what we might do. But uh, it'll be low-key. And uh, just like this week, I know you've got a lot of presentations, lots of homework, and I think it's so cool that we serve a God that's so powerful, so all-knowing, that He knew before we were even born that you were going to be here tonight. So I think if we recognize that and go in and say, yes, you were busy, yes, you needed to study, but you took time out of your night to hear, I think God's got something He wants to speak to us. So thank you again for being here. It's uh, Let It Start. The, the first week we looked at, uh, we started with the main thing. One thing that whenever I come up with a, with, a, with a message, I always just make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. That there's no other reason that we're here. If we're not here for Jesus, then we are just wasting our time. I don't want to come in here and just kind of give you life advice. I want to give you biblical, sound biblical advice of this is what Jesus did when he was on this earth. This is what he tells us to do, and that's how you're going to be successful because he's the one that saves us from our sin. Amen? Amen. So that's, we kept it very simple. We, we kept the main thing the main thing the first night. Last week, we talked about let it start. If it's going to start with anybody, let it start with me. Because I think sometimes we get caught in this uh, kind of awkward stage of we see that God, we believe that, yes, God can, he can use anybody he wants to, he can do whatever he wants. But when we actually think about God could actually use me, it kind of blows our mind a little bit. And sometimes it blows our minds so much that we almost don't want to actually like, like take a hold of it. And, and I hope that this series has been blessing your life just a little bit. If that, if just a little bit would be awesome. I hope that it's impacted like great, greatly. But I just hope that as we end this tonight, uh, just, I'm going to bring it. If you want to shout me down, you can. But just know this is something that's passionate on my heart. And I believe that tonight we're going to let it start here. That lots of times, like I said, maybe you, you see awesome things that are going on and maybe the Christian world of things, but to actually believe that Jesus could use each and every single one of us in here right now, use us right here on this campus, yes, it will blow your mind, but it's so much within grasp if we'll take hold of what God has to offer for us. Because we might have been going through our life thinking like, like I'm going to make an impact and you might, but it's not going to be a very positive impact if we don't let the Holy Spirit take over our life and He use us how He wants us to be used. So I hope that tonight we can kind of come together and say, look, look, I'm going to, I'm going to pull my weight. If, if Troy, Alabama is going to be where revival starts, praise God, because it's going to start with me and it's going to start right here, right now. It's going to start right here with this ministry. Because I think it kind of, like I said, it kind of blows our mind just a little bit when we think about, man, God could do some really crazy things if we were just to accept what God's put on our life. Like, do you think that Billy Graham woke up one day and was like, like I, I'm sure that he, he obviously believed it wholeheartedly, but I'm sure he woke up a couple times just like, man, like, look what God has blessed me with. But I think that when he woke up, like he, 
like he just sees how much he's been blessed, but he also just sees how unworthy he is and that he's just another beggar point to where he got the food. And I think that if, if we see, like, like I said, Billy Graham, he didn't wake up and just all of a sudden have a ministry. Like thousands and thousands of people came to know Jesus because of this man preaching the gospel. But I think it'd be so cool. I think it'd be so cool if God used each one of us tonight. We made a decision tonight that God's going to use us right here where we are. That this won't be a season of life where we look back on and say, man, I knew that God could have used me. I believed it. But I didn't believe He could have done it to me. I didn't believe that He could have done it right here, right now. And I think that as we see and as we open up the Bible that God uses regular, ordinary, broken people to do amazing things. So right here, right now, I'd like to open up the Bible with you guys if that's okay. And we're going to look at some guys that, man, when Jesus enters into our life, we don't stay the same. That things in our life... We completely turn away. The Bible says that the things that I used to love, I now hate. The things that I hate, I now love. Like you completely make a 360, a 180 and just turn around and go the other way. So tonight, I don't know if there's something in your life that's prohibiting you from going where God needs you to go, where God wants you to go. But tonight, if we could take a second, evaluate our lives and then say, you know what? It's going to start right here, right now. I'm broken, but Jesus can use me. Jesus can use you. So I'm not sure what you bring in. I'm not sure what baggage that you bring in. But I think it'd be really cool to point this out is that you didn't need God once you sinned. You needed God the very first breath that you took when you entered this earth. You have always needed God. He didn't necessarily need us. We needed God since we took our very first breath. We entered into a sinful world. Therefore, we needed a Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. For us. We needed Him to die for us. And I think that when we look at it like that, that look, God has a lot to offer us and we have very little to offer to Him. So we're going to look at, if you'll turn your Bible um, to Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Um, what's going on here? We, we, we were in the book of Acts last week. And if you remember anything about the story, let me catch you up if you weren't here. Um, last week what happened was is that we've got this, uh, this guy named Stephen. He was around our age. And he was so sold out to Jesus. His age did not prohibit him. He was so sold out that when it came time to stand up for his faith, he went from passing out food to all of a sudden he's in front of the religious leaders. And when it came time for him to stand up for his faith in front of the people who were going to persecute him, he did it and he did it to he, until his death. He said, I believe this so much that I wasn't willing to let go of it just because it cost me my life. And we see a very bold character in the Bible that stands up and says, I believe this Jesus thing so much that I don't care what the people around me, if I'm standing by myself, I'm still going to believe it. And I think that as, as we see this, like we just see an awesome character, but it also kind of low-key at the very end, it talks about this guy named Paul. If you know anything about Paul... This guy, Paul, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a very good dude for most of his life. Some of you might feel like right now, like, man, I've had a really rough life up until now, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this Jesus thing. I'd love to point out tonight that this guy named Paul, this guy went from killing Christians. Like, if, if Paul was around nowadays, like, this would be his honey hole of like, man, like, I got to get to Park Memorial on 930 at Thursday night because, like, that's going to be the honey hole. I'm going to get there. And what we see is this guy, Paul, who 
has an encounter with Christ. What happened? I'm sorry to go back to the story. When, when he was, he approved of Stephen being killed. That this guy standing up for his faith, Paul was kind of saying like, yes, that's okay. Good job, guys. Good job. And Paul has this encounter with God and he completely turns his life around because the Holy Spirit enters into him. And there's lots of Christians that come to know Jesus and their life doesn't really change. But when we see somebody like Paul, we see that when we actually have an encounter with God that we completely turn around. We let everything go. We let it go because we want to follow Jesus with everything that we have. So this guy named Paul, he, 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 it's kind of funny because all of a sudden the disciples are like, hey, like, this guy says that he's on the, like, on the right path now, but like, dude could just be messing around and he's going to come up in here, he's going to kill all of us. And so it took some boldness for someone to go to Paul and say, hey, like, God told me to come to you. Are you being frail? Are you legit? And it's really cool to read into it and I'd encourage you to. But anyways, Paul makes his, like, turns his life around and that's where we end up in uh, chapter 16. And we've got this guy named Paul and this guy named Silas. And they run into some trouble. Anybody ran into some trouble lately? Nobody put their hand up. Man, y'all, y'all want your Baptists. That's what, that, that's what that means. I'm just messing with y'all. I'm glad you're not in trouble. But I think if we were to be honest, then I think everybody would put their hand up. Like, hey, like, I ran into some trouble the other day when I was taking that test. And everything that I studied, like, wasn't nothing on that test. Like, I was in some deep trouble. Some deep, deep trouble. Not that kind of trouble. They were in a little bit more trouble than, than just that. All right, so this guy named Paul and this guy named Silas, they up. Uh, they're sharing the gospel. They're, they're, they're sharing the good news. And what happens is, is that they run into this girl, this slave girl, who she can tell the future. There's a spirit inside of her that allows her to, to tell the future. And it's kind of weird to dig into it. If you like to dig into it by yourself, it's really, it's really interesting, just that side of the story. But this girl would go around predicting the future. And like I said, she was a slave. And she would, she would uh, follow Paul and Silas around. And just kind of like mock them, like, like, hey, this is what they say they're doing. They would, he was just, they would just, she would just mock, mock, mock. And eventually Paul and Silas, they got tired of it. They got tired of it. Maybe by this time of the semester, your roommates are like, hey, I'm tired of it. Like, like, like we've only got two more weeks, but I'm tired of it. Paul and Silas, they, they, they get to the point where they, they, through the Holy Spirit, cast out this spirit. And, this, and, the, and the girl can no longer can no longer uh, fortune tell. But where, where, what happens after that is that, like I said, she's a slave girl, therefore she has slave owners. And they were using this girl to make money, predicting future and all, all this kind of stuff. And what happens is, is whenever she can't predict the future anymore, these businessmen, their profits go, but they, they, they see that their investment no longer has its wealth. And so they, they get Paul and Silas and they drag them into the market and then they, they bring them before the, the authorities. And that's where we pick up in this. Acts chapter 16, verse 22. It says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates, ordered to them to, to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, and they, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Remember that. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. I think some of us might be sitting in a classroom where we feel like we're the only believer. And I think that this story speaks directly to that of that Paul and Silas are in the, they're in the inner cell. And that's very significant in this story. And it goes on to say that it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. 
And the other prisoners were listening to them. You might feel like right now you're trying to share the Gospel. You're really trying to help that person in your class. You're really trying to share the good news. But even if they don't receive it, they're still listening. They're still listening. It says that suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I think we could go as far to say that if you're in a classroom right now and you're the only Christian, you've got maybe one one Christian friend in there, I think this shows that if we were to truly follow God with everything that we have and trust Him, that everyone's chains can come loose. That God can really use us in that classroom that you might feel like you're not there for a very specific reason. If we really dig into this Bible, we, we continuously see that you are there for a reason. To share the Gospel, to share the good news, because all of a sudden, all the prisoners' chains came off. All the prisoners' chains came off. That's the power of our Jesus. And it says that when the jailer woke up, when he saw the prison doors open, he withdrew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all Gucci. That's what he was saying. So will you pray me real quick? God, thank you so much for this night. God, I just pray that this won't be anything, God, that what Chase has to say. God, I just pray that in this moment, God, that everything that I speak, God, will be just you ordained, God, the Holy Spirit through me. God, I pray that if anyone comes in here, God, and just, just, God, their heart still is not open, God, that we've gone through worship, God, and their hearts are still not open. They're still not ready. God, I pray that in this moment, God, that you will do what only you can do. God, open up our hearts to what you have to say to us tonight. God, because we believe that it's not something that's going to happen later. God, we believe in the power of right here, right now. God, that you can do what you want to do. God, that your ways are so much higher than our ways. Your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts, God. And that the pressure is no longer on us, God, because you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. God, and because of that, we get to come in here and praise your name. In your name, amen, amen, amen. I got a question for you. Have y'all seen the movie The Sandlot? Anybody seen it? Throw your hand up real quick. We're, we're going to become that ministry where we actually get a little bit involved. All right, we're just going to, like, each week there's going to be some kind of, like, very obvious, like, yes, most people have seen this. We're just going to ask a question. All right, so I'm not talking about, like, like Sandlot 2 or 3 or however many more they made that wasn't as good as the first one. I'm talking about, like, the original OG, The Sandlot. Like, I'm talking, like, like that's the Sandlot we're talking about right here. All right, so, so if, if, if you haven't seen the movie, I... Uh, I pray that, you, that you'll go look into it, man, that uh, you can be a Christian and not see it, but it just kind of adds to it, like, it'll be one of the follow-up questions once you get to heaven, so not, not for real, not for real, but uh, great movie, I think, it's, I think it's the foundation to, to being an American, too, but uh, the Sandlot, so what happens is, is that these, I want your boys, they, uh, they decide that there's this guy who moves into town. He doesn't have any friends, and he finds himself, the only friends that he could find were these guys who play baseball all the time. And uh, what's cool about it is that, like, it's, it's really just kind of like, hey, I want you, like, guys getting together, like, every day. They play each, each day during the summer, and uh, they're actually pretty good. Like, they, they play so much that they get pretty good. But where the story goes about this is that, that uh, these guys are so scared about this, this old man and this dog that live in left center field. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Are you still with me on this? All right. So, so in this movie, they're literally so scared, like to the point where like, like they've hit so many balls over into this guy's yard and they've heard so many things of like, hey, this old man, like he's going to kill you. He's going to eat you. If he doesn't eat you, your dog, like the dog will, like a whole bunch of confusion going on here. They're just kind of accepting it as what it is. 
Like somebody told me that, that, that their cousin told them that their dog's friend, like, like just all the way down the line. And so they don't really know if this is true or not, but they're just like, I'm not going to be the one to find out. And so what happens is, is they stroke all these balls just all the way into left center field, and they're like, I'm not going to get that. Like there's like no telling how many, how many of these baseballs sitting out in this guy's yard, and they're too scared to go knock up on the door and just say, hey, can we get our ball back? And if, you, if, you've, seen the end of the, if you've seen the end of the movie, like it, it kind of comes back around, and if you had, I don't want to ruin it to you. But uh, I think that sometimes us, when it comes to God, we sometimes accept things as facts that we don't actually look into. And like I've talked about like earlier is that like we're willing to accept some things of just like, like God can't use you because of what you did last weekend. God can't, ex- like, can't use you because of your freshman year when you used to go out and party all the time and that was your number one in your life. Like, like God can use you a little bit but not too much. Or maybe God, like he can use you but not too much if you were in that relationship that was really destructive back in the day and you're still holding on to it. And we might be accepting these things as truth that really aren't true. And I hope that maybe tonight we can open up our eyes and see that, man, what those kids went through of just accepting things that weren't truth is that like, like hey, like they're gonna, they're, if you figure out like the dog's not going to eat them, the old man is pretty nice to end off with. But I, I don't know if there's something in our heart tonight that, that man, like we don't actually believe that like it can start right here and right now. Because I think that we like to show up, like I said, we like to show up to things and we like to show up to conferences and revivals. We like to show up to all those things. But have you ever thought about being in that core group and it being where it started? Like how cool would that be of just God using you and your friends and the people right where you are right now to make a difference? How awesome would that be to accept the call of God right now, right here? It'd be amazing. It would be life-changing not only for us in this room, it would be life-changing for the people on that university. It wouldn't stop here. It would say, look, we're going to start right here, right now. And by the way that we live, by the way that we live, the the people that aren't here right now, they're going to see the Jesus that we have inside of us and they're going to want some of Him. That's how I want to live my life. So it can't start right here, right now if you don't possess Jesus right here, right now. Like, you can't walk around and dish out something that you don't possess yourself. I can't walk around and give each of you $5 if I don't have any money in my wallet. And I don't. (laughs) I can't give you $5. But I'm glad you're here anyways. (laughs) But I think that, like I said, sometimes we, we maybe just subconsciously don't actually, like, realize that, man, maybe some of the truth in our life has been just misconcepted just a little bit. Like, 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 yes, I believe that, that God can do everything, but just in this certain area of my life, like, there's no way. There's, that, that's just too dirty. That's too deep. That's too deep. So I don't, I, like I said, I, I pray that we, that we dig and find the truth and know that, 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 that when we talk about let it start and let it start here, it can. So keep going on. That I, I think that, that when, when I think of the verse in the Bible that says that, like, like, Jesus says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. He's saying that no one comes to the Father except through me. And I think that's something that our society, when we're talking about bending the truth or getting it just a little bit wrong, that's something that our society, our generation has got a little bit wrong. 
Because it's lots of like, hey, you do you, you be a good person, you do as good as you can do, and maybe at the end of the day, maybe we'll end up in the same place. But when Jesus came and he, and he said these words, when He said that I am the truth, I am the way, and I am life, He cleared all of that up. He's saying that if you will believe in Me, I, the, the, the cost of your sin was very pricely. But I paid the price, so now as a free gift that I give to you. And he's saying that, man, how easily are you blinded because the decision, the gift is free. But man, there's so many things in this world right now that would conflict what Jesus just said. That would, that would go against He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the light. No one comes to the Father except through Him. So things like that we, we need to straighten out before we even talk about let it start right here. We have to look at ourselves and believe that look like... Because it doesn't start here if it doesn't start right here first. If it doesn't start, each one of us sitting in that seat saying that it can't start with a group of us if it doesn't start with one of us. Think about that for a second. If we really want to see God do crazy things on this campus, which He will do, whether you're on board or off board, we, we, re we really want you a part of this team. Jesus wants your heart. He wants to see amazing things through your life that He is pushing you to do way more than you could ever do by yourself. But know that it's got to start right here, right now. First me, then it's going to start with this group. Before we go any further. Before we go any further. So I think that as we read into this story that I read to you, like, like what does this story really mean? Like, dude, like some dudes, like they were doing something, maybe they weren't guilty, but they got thrown in prison, like they got beat up, like, like, what does all that even mean? What does that even mean? When I see this, I see two guys. I see Paul, especially this guy, went from killing Christians, literally killing Christians, to all of a sudden he was changed so much by Jesus that he's willing to go and die for it. That he believes it so much. I feel like that's what one of the things that is, gives so much credit to the Bible that we read. If you're kind of wondering, like, man, like, how do I even know that this is true? You don't see people go from killing people that believe it to all of a sudden now they're willing to die for it. I think that, that, that just further proves that this Bible is real of what we read. So we see two guys that weren't willing to just get tapped on the wrist. No, these guys like had, like, they, they were, had sticks and these guys were, the authorities were beating them because they were Christians, because they were willing to stand up for what they really believed in. They were willing to stand out, they were willing to stand out and say, you know what? I don't care if you hit me, but just know that my Jesus, that when you were hitting Him, I know that He's already paid the price. That what He went through is so much harder than what I'll ever go through. And right now it might not be that somebody's walking up to you with a stick saying, hey, do you believe in Jesus? But I know that if, you're really, if you really look into your heart, you see that, man, like, like I've got a lot going on. I've got tests, assignments, projects. And then, man, this random girl is just all of a sudden kind of opened up to me when it talk, when we, and wants to talk about Christ. When we see that, that it might not be necessarily like a physical stick, man. It might just be the world trying to weigh its weight on you. That might, what it might be what it is. It might be that person in your life that you should have got rid of a long time ago. But you keep around because when it's, when it's the darkest time, it's the darkest hour, that's the person you turn to. That's the person you Snapchat. That's the person who you call up. If we're being honest, it's those things we keep around that just, man, they just keep wailing on us. And, and I pray that we won't ever get to the point where we give in. But just know that it's because of Jesus. It's His power. It's not our own. If, if, if it was just Paul sitting there, 
getting beat that he would have given up a long time ago. And I'm going to encourage you and tell you something that you're doing better than you actually think. Right now you might be thinking like, man, I've done some really crappy things in this past week. Chase, if I'm being honest with you. But just know that when Jesus died on that cross, He didn't die so that you can continue to beat yourself up. Think about it like this. If we go through our lives letting our past beat us up, that's like telling Jesus when He took the 39 lashes that His beating wasn't good enough. That when they were literally taking this whip, I'm not talking about one you get a Cracker Barrel. I'm talking about like a whip. <laughs> talking about a whip that literally this, that soldiers were trained to be the crucifixion soldiers. Like these guys were, were jagged like myself, handsome like myself, and these guys were trained with these whips. <laughs> that was a joke. Thank y'all for laughing. Not really. I, I'm kind of discouraged that y'all think that. But these guys, they were trained. They were trained to literally, like, they, like they were just big, strong. They, they knew how to really, what, what would happen is that this whip, on the end of it, and they call it like the cat of nine tails, and, and what, what happened is, is that at the end there was like the, these pieces of leather, and what would happen is, is whenever, this, whenever this guy would go to whip, and lots of people think that when, when Jesus was getting literally like whipped for our sin, he, like crucifixion just wasn't on the cross. This is something he had to go through. It was something that was slow and it was painful. It was the worst death you could ever die. And whenever they were taking this whip and they were whipping him, they didn't just whip him on his back. They whipped him on his head. They whipped him on 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 his arms. They whipped him on his chest 39 times in this whip. At the end, it has these pieces of leather as they would whip Jesus. That when it would hit his body, they wouldn't just kind of like sling it back. No, they would whip it and let it stay there and let it grab a hold of some of the skin. So when they pulled it back off, that it would take chunks of his skin off. Like this isn't something that in a movie that looks like they put like kind of like a cloak around him so you don't really see like this guy, like Jesus is naked where they want to just humiliate him. And that's the, that's the price that had to be paid that we didn't have to go through. The parts of our body that didn't have to be ripped out of with a, with a whip to the point where it finally got done when, you, when some people didn't even make it through that process. When it finally got done, you could literally see the the guts, you could literally see the internal organs of our Savior. And I think that sometimes we we think about Christ dying for us and that cross right there, and we see it, and we're just kind of like, like, yes, like I, I think that's great, but we don't really know what actually happened on that day. And that's when it actually becomes real to us, and we know that, man, that was the punishment that I should have paid for all the stuff that I've even done wrong since I was ever born. So to get things straight, we need to really understand what Jesus did if we're ever going to let it start here on Troy University. Because when you really see people that are really passionate into worship who really live this Jesus thing out, it's because they completely understand what He went through for them. They understand the price that was paid. And that's when you walk into somewhere like this and you just walk in you're like, whoa, they actually believe this. Isn't it something, it's not just something that they walk around and they claim that they know all the knowledge. No, this is something that they actually believe to the point where they are willing to get beat with rods with it. To the point where they believed it to get beat with rods with it. Another thing that I see, and I think this is, again, just, I'm just kind of preaching to the point that we're in as, as, a, as students in college that you might feel like this is the do- deepest, darkest hour of your life. <laughs> of all the studying that's had to go into this past week and coming up week and a half, 
You feel like, man, like your life could not get any more crappier. You're like, man, I've been in Troy University Library. I think it's Lauren Wallace. I don't really know. I don't go there too much, but I think that's the name of the library. You've been in there so long that you're like, man, Jesus, this is my deepest, darkest hour. Like, I don't know what else you can give me, but don't give me that library. Like, I'm tired of seeing it. Like, like especially when I'm like, like really into my studying and and I'm really grinding on it, and then all of a sudden, like somebody hits the little beat button on the uh, on the little things that move, like the bookshelves. Like, man, like there's only a certain amount of those you can you can handle. I, I've gotten to the point where I want to just be like, dude, like what book do you need? I'll go find it for you. Like, like, like they've got to have some kind of search engine in here that will at least let you know what shelf it's on. But man, you're about to kill me. Like, like I finally got here. Praise God. But like, quit hitting that button, please. Like I'm about to die. I'm about to die. So you might be feeling like, man, like, like Jesus, I like right here, right now, like talking about let it start, like, like I need it to start because I'm in my deep, deepest, darkest hour. And what we see is we see Paul and Silas who are beat, their backs, their, their body exposed, like their flesh is just, man, like, I, I can't even imagine what it feels like to go through something just for standing up for your faith. Praise God, we don't live in a country like that. But we see these guys who were in prison and if you caught it, what they're doing when they get thrown into prison, been beaten, what they're doing is they're praying and singing hymns, just like they'd be doing if they were sitting in here right now. Just like that. Think about what their lives would look like. Someone like Paul, who went through what he went through, that change of just all of a sudden I'm going to turn around and follow Jesus with everything that I have, he made that change. And all of a sudden, he ends up in a prison, beaten because of what he believes. If he were sitting in here right now, you think that he would be a little bit nervous to actually follow Jesus with everything that he had? You think he'd just be a little bit nervous to give God everything? Like, like I, I, I might just lift my hands. I might, like, I just don't. I guarantee if Paul and Silas were in here, they would say, look, it's worth standing up for your faith. It's worth saying that if it's going to start, let it start right here on Troy University's campus. Let it start right here in this ministry. Because he, I think that Paul and Silas would encourage us and say that I traveled along, traveled, traveled along to a lot of churches. Saw them doing some really good things and some really bad things. Some things that could use correcting, some things that I was able to take and share with other churches. But if he were to come in here, what would he say? I think he would say, that this is a miracle. That all the temptations, all the things that, that we have in our society, our generation right now, and to have this many people come in here at 9.30 on Thursday, praise God, and come and hear the name of Jesus. Come and grow in the name of Jesus. He would say, this is a miracle. And there's nothing that you can do by yourself, but if you will surrender it all to Jesus... This thing, this ministry can leave a, a long impact for the kingdom. That people will come to know Jesus because of the faith that you were willing to stand up for. No matter what they threw your way, no matter what they beat you with, whether it was insults, whether it was stealing your friends, no matter what that is, he would say, you can do it and you can let it start right now. You can let it start right now. Like I said, I, I think that it's so cool that, that they go from literally sitting inside their deepest, darkest hour. Like, God, if they're, I'm standing up for you. Are you going to use me? Are you going to reveal anything to me? We're praying to you. We're singing to you. Are you going to actually show up? 
And I think when God begins to shake that prison, I think that what happens is, is whenever we come in here and we pray and we sing songs to God, that it shakes the university. It shakes the gates of hell. That would, when we, we talked about before we even came out here, that we were singing the song, there's power in the name of Jesus. That He can break every chain and just know that the demons, that when they hear the name Jesus, all of the, when they hear the name Jesus, that they begin to shudder and they begin to leave. That those demons, they have no place here. They have no place here. That we don't have to worry about, hey, like, am I going to be able to overcome this? If we'll get around other Christians that are going to encourage us in the right way, there's no way they can stay around. Because our Jesus is so good to not to leave us where we are. So pursuit, I got a question is, whenever I think of, whenever I think of baptism, maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking about like, man, I, like Chase, that, that, that one thing that you've talked about, that one thing that's been revealed to me, God's revealing something to me. I think that what we have to see is that we want to let it start right here, right now. That when we think of something like baptism where they dunk you into the water, when you come back up, that means that all the flesh, all the fleshly desires of your life, that's what gets washed away. When we come to know Jesus, that's what gets washed away. And we no longer have to go through life wondering if Jesus is actually going to save us because He already has. You might be thinking like, hey, like Chase, I don't really understand. Like, How is Jesus going to going to save me for something that I, ha- I hadn't even done this sin in two weeks, but how has He already saved us? The thing is, is that Jesus paid the price before you even born. The price is already paid before you even thought of. So there's no question about like, what about tomorrow? What about yesterday? Like, it's already been paid for. So I truly believe and I declare right now that I believe that Jesus can use this room, the people in this room, to make an impact for the kingdom. If we will let it start, if we won't sit in our car with the keys in hand and just sit in our car and wonder why we're not going anywhere. Not just as a ministry, as people. As followers of Jesus, sometimes we follow Jesus and we have the keys in our hand. We know what our purpose is. We know what we're called to do. And we've got the keys in our hand and we're just sitting in the car wondering why we're not going anywhere. The car's full of gas and we're just sitting there still trying to figure things out. If we actually... Put the keys in. Know that we don't have all the answers. Know that that's what Jesus supplies us with. Just crank up the car and let's get going. Let it start right here, right now. That if there's things we need to get rid of, let's let it start right here and right now. So a couple of things before we get done. I've got, I've got two things. So man, if y'all want to come on back up here. I think it's worth pointing out before we get to the points. I think it's worth po- pointing out that When I talk about Paul and his life change, I wrote this down, I said that, I felt like when I was reading this, is that what he used to kill people for, he was willing to die for. That flesh that we were willing to still live in, that sin, that Jesus hung on that cross for. Man, are we really willing to make a complete turnaround and say, let it start right here, right now, and it's going to start with me, and it's going to start with this room. So two things. The first one is actually three things, or 30, or 40, or maybe we could be here for three hours. There we go. <laughs> I'll just keep going until I get a chuckle or something like that. First thing it says, your circumstance doesn't determine what God can do right now. Your circumstance can't determine, and it won't determine, it doesn't determine 
what God can do right now. What I mean by that is when we look at this story, we look at Paul and Silas sitting in a prison with no other way out, with literally with chains and bolts all over their, their ankles. They're, they can't even move. And God used them in incredible ways. That Their story it didn't start right there. It didn't end right there. That literally our God is so good and it's so crazy how He works that not only did He free them from, from their bondage, from the prison that they were in. No, they actually see this guy later on. The guard who was given the duty of saying, like, like don't let these guys leave. They're in the inner cell, so they've got the most security. I guess they can sing. I guess they can pray. But they cannot, they cannot get out of here. And what we see is God doesn't just break them out of this prison. No, no, no. What happens is, is that this guard who has that duty is so close to killing himself. Sword in hand. And what happens is, is Paul says, look, hey, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul says, he says, no, no, no. Look, we're all still here. Yes, we're free, but we're still here. So God might have set you free of some things, but know that right where you are right now, you might feel like, man, this is my deepest, darkest hour. But God's still ready to use you. He's still ready to set the people that are in your life that only you can reach. I can't reach them. I don't know the people that you know. But I do know a Savior who uniquely designed each and every one of us. And that when we accept Him into our lives, that if He'll work through us, which we know that He will, that, man, we can... Just stay in there just a little bit longer. See what God's going to do because this guy that almost killed himself, all of a sudden, he doesn't just end up getting saved himself. No, no, no. He goes back home because he was so close to death, deserving of it. He had one job and he let it down. No, no, no. The story doesn't end there. He goes back to his house and everyone in his house becomes believers. So you might feel like the devil has won in some areas in your life, but let Jesus... Let Jesus completely claim victory over that. Let Him claim that victory because He will and He already has. He's already paid the price. We don't have to worry about if Jesus is going to claim victory. No, He already has. That when He died, He didn't just die and go into the grave. No, He rose on the third day and He went down to sin and He, he went down to heaven. And, oh my God, oh, I'm getting pumped up, man. I'm getting juiced. I'm sorry, I'm about, to, I'm about to knock somebody out because I truly believe this. I believe that when Jesus, when He died on that cross, that He went down to hell and He kicked Satan in the butt. He said, no, no longer. No longer do you have any kind of place in a place like this. That you will literally flee just at my name. My name, Jesus, if you begin to hear that, you're going you're gonna to flee. That's the power that we have inside of us when the Holy Spirit enters into our soul. And that's where we see that 180 change of everything in our life change is that, man, Jesus has already paid the price. All we have to do is accept it. So your circumstance, what you're sitting in right now, no, it doesn't determine what God's going to do. Because God's going to move. God's going to work. Are you willing to accept it? Are you willing to accept it? Are you willing to accept it? Another thing to point out, your sin is not too heavy, not too dirty, not too deeply hidden within you that Jesus can't save you from it. Can I get an amen? Praise God. That what your best friend doesn't even know about you, 
what you still haven't confessed, what you still, you've, you've hidden it so down in your heart that, man, you've almost convinced yourself that it's not even really a sin, it's just something that's kind of been there. That I'm just designed this way, it's just something that I struggle with, like that lust, like that pornography that I continue to watch, that's so deeply hidden inside me, I just start to justify, no, no, no. That no sin is too deeply hidden, no sin is too dirty, that Jesus won't accept it, because like we see, Paul had some really dirty things in his life. He had counts of murder on his record. And while the legal system might have held him accountable, our God doesn't. That when he forgives us, he completely forgives us. The Bible says that he takes our sin and casts it as far as the east is from the west. It says that he casts it into the bottom of the ocean. Do you know that when I think about that, that he casts it to the bottom of the ocean, do you know that the ocean, do you know that we know more about outer space than we know about the depths, the deepest part of the ocean? Do you know that? That us is like like science, we, we know more about what's out there than what's even on our planet at the deepest part. Because that's where our sin is. Because God, he, he left it a long time ago and you're still holding on to it. Like we talked about the first night, whenever Barabbas came off that platform, whenever he came off, completely guilty in his sin, when he came off, Jesus stayed on there because he forgave Barabbas too. He forgave us. So there's nothing too dirty, too deeply hidden that Jesus, he won't only put a band-aid on it, he doesn't do that. No, he completely heals you from it. So you might be like, man, Chase, I've got this relationship that Man, it's still got to, I'm still wounded, honestly. Still wounded. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say, hey, look, I don't have a Band-Aid. I don't have anything to offer you. All I have to offer you is that Jesus, man, he's not only going to put a Band-Aid on it, no, he's going to heal it completely. And I think right here, right now, starting right now, right here, that some of us, we need to be healed from the sin that we're still hanging on to. And it's going to start right here, right now. Last thing I got. It's going to start right here. It's going to start with each one of us. It's going to start with each one of us. That means, lots of times when you hear messages like this, it's, I, I understand that, that makes sense, but like, Maybe someone else will do it and it'll get done and then I'll be able to say that I was at Troy during that time and I played a little bit of part of it. What if we tonight were to sell out to Jesus to the point where we let him completely transform our lives? Not just when it comes to church things. This is talking about when I walk around, I walk with a different pace in my step. This is talking about when people see me, they see that the Jesus inside of me has completely changed my life. That when I get the chance... When people ask me, they say, Chase, what's different about you? That's when I get a chance to tell them, look, this is what I used to struggle with. This is the sin that I used to continue to hang on to. But now that I have Jesus in my heart, I walk to a different step because I'm no longer wounded. No, I've been healed. And he's healed me at the deepest part of my heart. The thing that I've tried, I've tried money, I've tried sex, I've tried people in my life, but no, it didn't get to the end. No, no, no. It started and it stopped with Jesus that I found what I needed in Jesus because I've searched this world and the world has nothing more to offer me other than temporary satisfaction. So I ask, I plead with you tonight, knowing how my Jesus is willing to save people, he's willing to give people new life, 
that tonight if we were to make a decision to follow Jesus with everything that we have, if we were to let it start right here, right now, how different would our world be? Let's just start small for a second. Let's just start right here. How different would your friend group look if you completely sold your life out to Jesus? Man, because the thing is, is we possess that answer to what the world's been asking this whole time. What's my purpose? Why am I here? We possess that answer. How different would your friend group look? Let's go to the next step. How different would your class look? How different would that study group look? How different would this ministry look if every single one of us sold our lives out to Jesus? How different would that university look if just a couple of kids, if just a couple of old college kids that had nothing really else to do except study and all the excuses in the world, what if it started right here, right now? How different would that university look? How different would this world look if it started right here, right now, and we sold our hearts, our souls, our everything out to Jesus? Because He's already paid the price. He's already, he's already forgiven us of our sin. We no longer have to hold on to that. So prayer team, if you want to come forward, I'm going to pray for us. And I also want you to know that when these people are standing up here, this isn't something that's, man, that person is struggling. No, this is a, this is a victory dance. This is a, I want to come and pray to Jesus. Maybe you need to accept Him for the first time. We'd love to walk you through that. Maybe you just say, man, this week has been really crappy. I've gotten off the path just a little bit, but I'm ready to sell my soul. I'm ready to sell my life out to Jesus. What if you were to do that? Because the thing is, is it doesn't start tomorrow. It's not one day. It's not sometime. No, it's right here and it's right now. The call is clear. Think about this, and this is what I'll end this on. If the reason you were here was to get to heaven one day, once you just die, once you came to know Jesus, because then, that, then, then the, the task is already taken care of. No, no, no. When Christ says, go and make disciples, go shine your light. Tonight, if we'll make a decision to follow Jesus, that hey, we've still got some time on this earth. It might be, not be very long, but I've got some time right here where I am. So if we'll sell out, sell out to Jesus, He'll completely transform our lives. So don't let anything hold you back when it comes to the most important decision you'll ever make that starts right here, right now. And this isn't being ashamed, this is victory. This is Jesus claiming victory in your life. So don't miss this opportunity because it's right here and it's right now. We're not promised tomorrow. As sad as that is, but God hasn't sent any person to hell. No, our sin has. Tonight, we can, we can know Jesus and know Him full and have a new life. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.